0: Welcome to the Violet Church Podcast, where each week you'll hear a recap of Sunday's message and receive practical, relevant, biblical perspectives on topics that matter to you. My name is Eric Flynn, and I have the privilege of serving as the executive pastor here at Violet Church. We kicked off a new series in the Gospel of Mark on January 1st titled, Following Jesus. For each week, we're diving deeper into God's Word and unpacking some key topics and principles. I'm very excited for today's episode as we have Pastor Rick Williams joining us. Pastor Rick is in his 27th year as Senior Pastor here at Violet Church and also serves as the Central Ohio Catalyst for the State Convention of Baptists in Ohio. Welcome to the podcast, Pastor. Hey, it's good to be here with you, Eric. Yeah, great weekend, great yes. Sunday, great message. We were in Mark 13 this past weekend. There's a lot to unpack here. Um, specifically, you... It seems like you landed on verses 28 through 37 um, on Sunday, and you had the core truth is following Jesus means being ready for his return. And then uh, your question there is, are you ready for the return of Jesus? Any, any specific reasons why you landed in these verses?
1: Yeah, I think as I was approaching Mark 13 last week, early on I was studying, and there is so much here. I made the statement on Sunday morning that I could probably spend literally a year in Mark chapter 13. It's one of the most uh, compelling, most difficult chapters to interpret. There's so much there. And so as I was thinking about that, I I thought I've only got a limited amount of time on a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. So I really couldn't work my way through verse by verse, word by word, through the entire passage. So I thought um, this latter part of the passage would be really good because it forces us to ask, so what? What does all this mean to me? And so that's the reason I chose to deal with these passages because Jesus winds up his conversation by giving them some really important um, illustrations and opportunities to think about how they would apply it.
0: Yeah, it's it's a ton to unpack here, but hopefully we can unpack a little bit in the time that we have on the podcast here, and maybe discuss some things that maybe we didn't get hit on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first point you have listed is consider the signs of his coming, and that was you landed pretty much in Mark thirteen twenty eight through thirty one with that um, around the the parable of the fig tree. Mm. Can you unpa- unpack? maybe some of the signs of his coming or some of the applications of that. Yeah.
1: And as I do, I want to just preempt that with just this thought. There are usually three approaches to end times. When people study the end times, there are three ways that people uh, tend places they tend to land. Uh, One, one would be the extreme of being gullible. Mm. Some people are very gullible to anyone and everything. As far as end times, for example, you know, those who have set dates in the, in the, the history of Christianity, they've set dates. And, and so a lot of times people are gullible enough to believe those people who would set dates. The other extreme would be those who are cynical. And the other extreme would be when it comes to end times, some people are cynical because they just think, uh, you know, really? Uh, he's not coming back. He hasn't come yet. He hasn't come yet. <laughs> he's he's yeah. not coming back. And so I think for me, I think we strike the balance when we're not gullible or cynical. Instead, we're biblical. Yeah. And so I think in Mark chapter 13, uh, we come to the word of God to see what it has to say. So with, uh, con- as we consider the signs, verse 28 and 29, Jesus is teaching them by way of the parable of the fig tree. And as we look at the, the parable of the fig tree, verses 28 and 29 reveals that there are some clear signs regarding his coming. Because when a fig tree puts forth its leaves, it's a clear sign that summer is on the way. It's a clear sign that nothing is going to be done to change that, that summer is coming. So when the disciples heard this this parable, this analogy, they understood what Jesus was saying, that um, there are some clear signs. So as I shared on Sunday morning, just as a brief overview, as you look at verses 5 through 25, Jesus gives some clear signs. Now, again, there's an interpretive challenge here, and the interpretive challenge is when do these signs take place? Yeah. I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. So I think um, I think the church will be taken out of extreme tribulation, the seven-year period of tribulation that follows the rapture. I say all that to say that... I believe verses 5 through 25 is a, is a portrayal of what's going to happen during a seven-year period of tribulation. Mm-hmm. And so some of those signs, and I'll just kind of jump into it, that I gave on Sunday morning, There's some clear signs that Jesus gives here. You know, verse 6, he says there will be many false messiahs. Mm-hmm. Verse 7, he says there will be wars and rumors of wars. Verse 8, He says there will be turmoil among the nations of the earth. Verse 9 through 13, he says there will be persecution of the people of God. Verse 14, he says the Antichrist will come to power on earth and will declare himself to be God and he will demand to be worshipped. Verses 14 through 20, the sign is the earth will pass through a time of divine judgment called the tribulation period, which again is those seven years. And then verses 24 through 25, it's the sign that the heavenly bodies will fall from their places, the sun and the moon will not give their light, and the universe will be plunged into darkness. So clearly, that I believe Jesus is describing the terrible days of tribulation to come. Yeah, and, and
0: it, it's hard to imagine that the, just the parable of the fig tree right there. Um, and it's a simple parable mm-hmm. where... Like you said, the fig tree gives forth some signs that the, that the summer's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, the branch leaves the sprouts. We're starting to see that here mm-hmm. where, you know, the trees are sprout starting to sprout. Yep. And then in a similar way, like you said, the person who sees the signs Jesus had mentioned in this chapter will know that he is near or even at the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to say turn on the news. Right. <laughs> right. But right. Some of the things you mentioned right there, yeah, which is scriptural. Right. Um, it's going on. Yeah. It's happening.
1: Yeah. Um, but to your point, we don't know the date either. No. And I think those things that are happening are like birth pains. You know, um you I know. cannot relate to that. I'll just <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say that Yeah. Right. Well, it was Yeah, it I'll was, get that out of the way. It was very difficult for me, no. <laughs> no. But for my wife with each child it was different because yeah you know, the, per, the birth pains would come. And with my first one, it took forever. It seemed like, um, our first daughter, but then our second daughter it was boom. It was quick. Um, so as I look at, at the birth pains, I think, I think we're already experiencing birth pains. Mm. So I think some of these things were, you know, we're, we're getting some birth pains. Um, again, no one knows the day or the time, but it seems like over the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years, it seems like the birth pains have, in, have increased. Yeah. And again, again, we don't know, but this, the, the it, you know, we'd have, we'd have to be foolish to or spiritually blind to refuse to see what is plain as day right now. Yeah. You know, even as we look at, you know, the evil in our culture that's openly celebrated where what is morally wrong is, is accepted and even applauded. And as, even as believers, as we speak against those things, Uh, People want to cancel us. Right. Yeah, and it's, you
0: said that the last 20 or 30 years, and it seems like things happen so fast now, Mm. faster than ever before. Things are just coming light, light speed Mm. at us all the time. And with all of the technology we have now, it's almost like the world has shrunk. Yep. And, you know, before so, for anyone under the age of i don't know forty, there used to be these things called newspapers <laughs> and, and like like i I'm, I'm joking, but yeah, um, I don't know if they still actually print newspapers. I have no idea, but um we would get our news that way mm-hmm. or on the television at yeah. night and, and i'm I'm making myself sound super old right now, but now it's immediate It we get notifications pushed to us about. This happening in China. This happening in in Russia. This happening. Name the location. Mm-hmm. Is it the fact that we just have access? Was all this happening already,
1: and we just weren't aware of it because it never made our newspapers? Yeah, that's a great question. I think to some degree, yes. I think, um, but it's clear that there are some things happening now. That, um, yeah, just the the um those that would want to cancel um mm. people who stand up for what's morally right according to God's word, I think that there's an acceleration in that, yeah, um so yeah it's obviously there there's always been evil, but I think from my um eschatological viewpoint in times i my the way I see it interpretively in the word of God is things will get worse. Yeah. And I think, and again, I would just want to say this, um, even in Mark chapter 13, we're not given a detailed roadmap of this is going to happen. This is going to happen exactly here, there and everywhere at this time. Uh, we're given some hints and that's the way the whole word of God is. So, so I think the thing for believers is that when it comes to end times, um, the, the, the bottom line is this, is that we're on the winning team. God wins. We go fast forward all the way to Revolution, Revelation 22, and we see uh, that we win, that God is coming back, that Jesus is coming back, and God is going to be in control on this earth and in heaven. And Revelation chapter 22 is so important for every believer to have that perspective, even though we're going through difficult times and some th- some things are unfathomable just like recently this over the last day or two yeah just like even just yesterday in tennessee in tennessee with the, with the shooting of of just these three children and and three um adults at the school it's just unfathomable yeah unfathomable is just the evil nature of that and yet it would be very it would be very easy um to lose hope in a culture like this and yet we know that there is hope ultimately and that the best is yet to come amen yeah
0: and i love that point that you mentioned that christians have hope um and we need to hold on to that yeah. because if you've read if you've read the word it doesn't get better right um and it is I don't want to use the word frustrating, but it's frustrating to look around. I'm going to use it anyway. It's frustrating to look around and go, not only are things now morally wrong, but those things are not only accepted, they're almost celebrated.
1: Mm-hmm. If yep. which is yeah, is a clear sign. Right. Um but you know, but you know we are called to be salt and light. And so I want to be careful that I'm not misinterpreted. Um I do believe things will get worse, but that doesn't mean I just sit back and do nothing right you know in Matthew chapter five Jesus clearly told us that we're to be the salt and the light and so salt makes contact light shines the light and so even in this this evil world broken world that we're living in uh, we have a responsibility to be the salt and the light absolutely um, you
0: know I've I heard someone say I, I can't remember who it was they said "Well, you can't take anything with you when you pass away well. That that's true. You can't take anything physically with you, mm-hmm. but you can have an impact on the souls of people while you're here, right? And you can take them with you. Yep. So how many can you take with you? Yep. That's good. <laughs> right. How how much can yeah. you share while you're still here? Yeah.
1: And so we don't. I don't. I know you're the you're the same as me. I don't want to be a doom and gloomer. You know. Um, I, I want to make a difference while I'm here, but at the same time, reality is that tribulation will continue until um, ultimately the second coming of Jesus Christ, where he comes back and he sets up the millennial kingdom for a thousand years and, um, and then ultimately defeats Satan and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. Mm. So speaking of heaven and earth, um,
0: heaven and earth will pass away. Jesus mentions this in contrast to his words, which will not pass away. Mm-hmm. So, while it is not yeah. his main focus to tell us that heaven and earth will pass away, mm-hmm. it's nonetheless true. And, and that's in Second Peter. Like yep. we're going outside of Mark with that, but right. um, you know, the earth, like you had mentioned, the earth is corrupted by sin and far from the original paradise which God created. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have hope. Yep. Like you said, we yep. we win. Yep. Uh, and we should have hope in that. Uh, so I love the first point consider the signs of his coming. Then you continued on uh to the second point there was consider the secrecy of his coming. And there you landed in Mark um 13:32 which says no one knows about that day or hour not even the angels in heaven nor the son but only the father. Hmm. So why do you keep why do people keep trying to figure out the time? Like, like why does that happen? I I know that's kind of a rhetorical question. No, that's
1: that's a great question because it keeps happening. Yeah, you know, I think I think one of the reasons maybe is there's just this desire in each one of us. We want to be in control. Mm. We want to know what's going to happen so that we can be in control. And obviously, we're finite, and God is infinite. God is sovereign. He's in control. I think one of the reasons that we don't have a detailed roadmap, we don't have a date, is because it, it brings about a dependency on God mm-hmm. and a trust in God every day that no matter what happens, we're trusting him. And I thought it was important here, Eric, to really um, nail down this point with the idea of, of secrecy, consider the secrecy of his coming. Because in this verse, it's a very well-known, familiar verse, but like you said, these people that predict, they they seem to forget that verse. But as you look at that verse, what I find intriguing about it is no one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the sun, Mm -hmm. speaking of Jesus. And so, you know, obviously we believe because the Bible teaches Jesus is 100% God, He's 100%, 100% man. And I think in this case, while on earth here, he was saying to his disciples that he even he didn't know. To emphasize the point, only the Father knows. In his humanity, the Son did not know because of his submission to the will of his Father. And so Jesus' point is, is as clear as it can be. Yet throughout history, people have tried to project a date for the second coming. I'd use the example on Sunday as a young believer there was this book written 88 reasons why the rapture must take place in 1988 and and obviously you know it came and it went but in 1989 the same guy wrote 89 reasons why the rapture must take place in 1989 <laughs> it's just like it's it's crazy and yet this author did what many people have done throughout history and they have set the date despite the fact that Jesus said it's a secret yeah. There's a mystery to it. We don't know the day or the time. And some will say, well,
0: wh- why is it a secret? Why didn't why doesn't it just lay it out and say when's this happening? And I loved what you had said on Sunday, which is well because if we know we're going to do whatever we want to do. Yep. I I got time, yep. right? So if it's a year from now, yep. well, you know, in eleven months I'll really buckle down. Yep. It, it's kinda like it's kinda like our uh our diet plans like I'll start on Monday. Yeah. Why? What's wrong with Tuesday? Yeah.
1: Right? After like, the football season when I right? eat all the pizza. Yeah. I'll start then. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'm not obviously I'm I'm not relating diet to biblical, but right. You know, it's 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 we just in have us. a tendency yeah. to do that. Yeah. That's it's,
1: what we would do. Yeah, it's in us and our human nature, and I think I think it it calls for a daily declaration of dependency on God. Mm -hmm. We don't know. But what we do know is he knows, and I can trust him. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to trust him one day at a time.
0: And that's where our faith comes in.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Um, I love that point. So point one, consider the signs of his coming. Point two, consider the secrecy of his coming. And then point three, you mentioned, consider it the sureness of his coming. Mm-hmm. And here you landed in Mark thirteen thirty three through 37, where it's be on guard, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with his assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight. Or when the rooster crows, or at dawn, if he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone: watch. Mm. So, the sureness is he's definitely coming back, mm-hmm. but it's the waiting. What are we doing in the in the waiting? What are we doing in that time? Yeah, um, yeah. we are, we are able to be watching till Jesus returns mm-hmm. is a bullet point you had. had Mm -hmm. noted here. And then we are to be working till Jesus returns. And I know you weren't talking about a workspace religion here where you have to like earn your way to heaven, right? That's not just to clarify that. That's not what you were talking about. Um, But we should be doing things. We don't do things to become a Christian or a believer, but because we're a Christian and a believer, we ought to be doing things in order to proclaim the word. So can you unpack maybe
1: a little bit more around yeah. consider the sureness of his coming? Yeah, What I find fascinating around this idea of sureness is um, there's always been scoffers. Scoffers who, who would say, well, he hasn't come back yet. Yeah, he's not coming back. Mm-hmm. And I'm reminded, uh, and I said this on Sunday morning of uh, the fact that, that Mark's gospel was informed by the apostle Peter heavily because Mark wasn't an eyewitness of any of this um, you know what takes what takes place in in the Gospel of Mark but Peter was the eyewitness and he was always relating things to to Mark uh, through the spirit Spirit's uh, conviction and leading. But what I find interesting is that later on when Peter was an older older man he wrote this book called Second Peter and he said the and in, in it he says the scoffers say, 2 Peter three four the scoffers say, ever since our fathers died everything everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Where is this coming? He promised, and as I thought about that, it was kind of like Noah, when he built the ark. Um, you know, there were scoffers back then who said, "Why are you, why are you why are you building this huge ark? There's never even been rain, right. and you're saying a flood's going to come." And so there were scoffers back then. There were scoffers in, 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 in the first century. But I love what Peter says. He says that the reason the Lord doesn't come back until this point is he wants more people to come to know him. So there's that mercy and that grace. And Peter also says in verses 11 and 12 of chapter 3 of Second Peter, what kind of people ought you to be As you look forward to the day of God. So to answer your question, there is a responsibility as we wait. In fact, three times in this passage, Mark chapter 13, verses 33 through 38, Jesus uses the word watch three times. That means to keep awake. It means to be alert. It means that he could come back at any time. In fact, for those of us who believe that there will be a rapture, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, it could happen today. Yeah. We're not looking for a sign. We're looking for a Savior. And so anytime, at any moment, He could come back. And so it's important that we are awake and we're watching. And then like you said, um, we're to be working also. And I think as we watch and as we work, we're like that that owner or like the um, the stewards of that house um, in verses 35 through 37, we're to keep watch because we don't know when the owner of the house is going to come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. We don't want him to come back, and we don't want to to be, uh, we don't want to shirk back and, and be ashamed of the kind of Christians that we were as far as, just sitting on the sidelines, yeah, and not serving and not witnessing it's a long answer, but no that, no it's a gr- it's a great that, answer that's uh that's kinda as I was walking through this last week that's that's kind of what i was I was thinking no and i and I love that because uh
0: I think there are groups that you know there are Christian groups that would say, well. You know, it's not a workspace religion. I have a relationship with God. Um, you know, I'm fine, I'm going to heaven. And, and while that may that would may be true, um I think there are some, some God given talents that he gives people that is are wasted yep. with with people like that. Um I don't want to say people like that, that sounds bad, but um people that don't use their God given skill sets. How has God gifted you? Because when you, you when when you became a Christian, mm-hmm. He instilled gifting in you. Yep. And we're to use those gifts and steward those gifts yep. to tell others. Yes. Um. And to bring others along. Mm-hmm. Uh, to disciple them, to grow, uh, not just ourselves, but everyone around us. Mm-hmm. So, I love those points that you make. Be on yep. alert. Be watching because a lot of the time, I think that. There's so much, what we were talking about earlier, there's so much thrown at us today. Mm-hmm. And we we tend to be ha- creatures of habit. And we get in rhythms. So we're not aware of what's going on around us. Um, or we're not deciphering and using the filters, biblical filters. Let me, let me clarify that. Mm-hmm. Biblical filters to really see what's going on mm-hmm. and really ask the questions of what's happening. Yeah. So not just watching... Um, but, but working through that, but again, we have the hope and the sureness that he's coming
1: back. And you know, there's this verse that, um, I'm not sure that we, we think about this verse very often when it comes to Jesus coming back and a light of what you just said in first John chapter two, verse 28, um, the apostle John is writing to believers. He calls them dear children. And it's an interesting verse in 1 John chapter 2, verse 28. He says this, And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. Mm-hmm. So as you think about that verse, obviously there's the potential that we may not be confident and there may be shame at his coming. And I think that comes as a result of not living, not watching, not working until He comes. Yeah. So I don't want to be a ash- I don't want to be ashamed at His coming no. because I wasted my life and all the gifts that He gave me. I want to keep watching. I want to keep working. Yeah, I love that. Yep.
0: And even even in the valleys, we can be mm. watching, not just on the mountaintops. Right. Because rarely, rare, the the mountain tops are far and few between. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the valleys are, t- and I, I hate to say that, but yep. you know we're somewhere on the mountain. But the mountain tops usually aren't where everyone is every day. We don't live there, no. And some people may say, even even us sometimes we may say, you know, it's hard to it's hard to hear God or see God or 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 feel the presence of God when when we're in a valley, but. Mm-hmm if we step back and we're in a valley for a reason, Mm -hmm. he's still there, he's still in us. Mm -hmm. Um, But what are we, what are we learning in that time? And we can't stop, right? You know, because we're not, if we have to press on, we have to continue moving forward Mm -hmm. because he wants us to grow in that time, Mm -hmm. grow in his faith um, to where we can say when, when we do come in his presence that we're not ashamed it, we used our gifts to the best
1: of our ability that he gave us. Yeah. As you're saying that, Eric, I'm reminded of Galatians six nine. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Mm. So easy to give up and yet and become weary, but God calls us not to give up. But to reap, to reap that harvest that he has for each of us. Yeah, I love that because it's it's so easy
0: to to sit on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take anything, right? Right. I can just I can just go about my day. Mm-hmm. I'm saved. What does it matter? Mm-hmm. That's not what we're called to do. Yeah. But that's so easy. Yeah, it's hard to get in the trenches, mm-hmm. you know, and to come alongside your your brothers in Christ and your sisters in Christ. Together, yep. and and go after the lost and yep. some of the numbers that we were talking on Sunday mm. um, around some t- some statistics, if I can say the word, and I won't bo- I won't bore everybody with this, I promise. But where our church is planted in Pickerington, Ohio, mm. um, the statistics say within Violet Township in Pickerington, the total number of people is around eighty thousand. Yep. Wow, eighty to ninety thousand, somewhere in there. Um, if a percentage, over 70% statistically say they don't believe in God or or aren't Christians, over 70%. Wow. So when you do the math on that, there are thousands of people around us that don't know Christ. Mm. There's a lot of work to do. (laughs) There's a lot of work to do. And we need everyone involved in this. It's not just... You know the the five pastors at Violet Baptist Church and the other pastors in the area of Pickerington. Yeah, it's not just our responsibilities; we're all called to minister yeah. to our neighbors. And and if you look back on some of the podcast and Mark one through twelve, we've mm-hmm. talked about this the whole way. Um, and it just it breaks my heart because there are people who truly believe like I've done all I can do. That's not that's not true. Right. There are so many more people out there around us every day that have no relationship, not even a relationship, no concept mm-hmm. of who Jesus is. Yep. And that floors me. Yeah. So in order to finish well, mm. we need to be striving yep. towards that finish line. Yep. Uh, and we're better
1: together doing that. Oh, yeah. And we were at a conference a couple of weeks ago, Eric, where, you know, Tom Rainer, who's um, the Church Answers guy, he's got a ministry called Church Answers was a president of lifeway for a while but he was talking about um, the passage where Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9 verse 37 and 38 Jesus said to his disciples the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few ask the Lord of the harvest therefore to send out workers into his harvest field mm-hmm. and as we think about that passage it, it's a it's a Encouragement to each one of us to open our eyes. There are lost people everywhere. Mm-hmm. To open our hearts to have that compassion on them. And then to open our hands and reach out to them with the love of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I love that. I love that. And we all need to be doing that.
0: Yep. And it starts, it starts with us. It starts in our homes. Yep. It starts with our neighbors. Yep. Um, are we doing everything that we need to be doing yep. until his return? So the core conviction you have, you've listed as stay away, stay awake, and stay alert. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Stay away, yeah. stay awake, and stay alert. So as, as we go back and look over, consider the signs of his coming. Mm-hmm. Consider the secrecy of his coming. Consider the sureness of his coming. And then the core conviction, which we just mentioned, stay away, stay awake, and stay alert. Pastor, is there anything else that you'd like to
1: unpack around Mark 13 that we didn't get into today? I would just say I would, I would nail it down with that core conviction. Um, stay away from anyone, anybody who makes specific predictions about the end times. Jesus said no one knows except for the Father. I would say stay awake. Stay alert. Uh, don't fall asleep. Don't coast. Keep your eyes open. Keep your Bibles open. Keep your hearts open toward those around us who need Jesus. And then stay alert because we don't know when the Lord's coming back. Um, Jesus is coming back. I hope that each one of us will be ready for his return. And so as we think about living in light of eternity and living in light of his return, may we not be anxious, may we not be apathetic, But may we live with an anticipation he could come
0: today. Amen. Amen. So for the listeners out there, are you living it? Don't just talk it. Live it out. So, Well, Pastor, thank you again for your time today, and thank you, everyone, for listening in. Make sure that you follow us on all of our social media platforms, website, violetbaptistchurch.org, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and be sure to download the Church Center app where you can find all things Violet. Have a great week, everyone, and we will see you Sunday.